It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and oh yes, Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following every single Carolina Panthers game I am there live breaking it all down. Now, if you ever miss any of those live episodes, it's okay. Every single Panthers show is right there in your podcast feed. Just make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, at Julian Council on Twitter, because every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me, or you can DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your own football franchise? Then this is the game for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's in all caps, Locked On. Use that promo code to get ultimate-gm.com and 100% free boost. I had the pleasure and the fortune to fill in for my buddy Kyle Bailey over at WFNZ, the local sports radio station here in Charlotte on Tuesday. And it's nice to go out there, talk to some people through the audience live. Like I love doing a podcast, but I love the live interactions. Of course, I could do more live shows on YouTube if I wanted to, but I like to do the live interactions that you get with radio and also get to put my brain together with other people in the room to kind of come up with topics. And it certainly made this show a lot easier today. Because honestly, y'all, I woke up Tuesday morning because I always record the day before and didn't really know what I was going to talk about for Wednesday's show. But I kind of got the gears churning and I feel like I got a good show for you. So it was nice to get there to talk about the Panthers and kind of go through what we've seen this season. And I honestly look at this year and this feels like the weirdest Panthers season we've ever had and I kind of broke it down based off of some of the events and you go back to the dates like even before the season started the Carolina Panthers tried to trade for Baker Mayfield on draft night that didn't work out they ended up drafting Matt Corral even before that they tried to get Deshaun Watson he said no Russell Wilson thank God he said no Sam Darnold was surviving He looked like he was going to be the starting quarterback even after they drafted Matt Corral and Scott Fitter, the Panthers GM, said he's not in here to really compete. We want to take it slow with Matt Corral, which meant at some point in time, they were going to have to bring in a veteran, and that ended up being Baker Mayfield two days after the 4th of July on the 6th of July. And Baker coming in still 
would not really get the playbook until right before he got the training camp, where then there was a competition, put that in quotes, between him and Sam Darnold. Baker ends up winning that. But then we also see along the way, Matt Corral get injured, Sam Darnold get injured, P.J. Walker, who was supposed to be the odd man out heading to Wofford, he then became the backup, and at a point in time, he was a starting quarterback. Baker was a starter again, but now he's in L.A., played really well this past weekend. He also had the comeback in his first game, third day on the job with the Rams. That's how weird this season has been. It's been so weird that there are now multiple stats out there. As, let, me go, let me pull up my phone. There are multiple stats out there about Sam Darnold being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since he took over as the starter. Benjamin Solak of the Ringer said that since Sam Darnold took over as a Panther starter, they are second in EPA per play on offense. That's expected points added. Also, Matt Harmon of Yahoo said that Sam Darnold leads the NFL in adjusted yards per attempt since week 12. This is insane to go from Darnold, we don't want you, to Matt Corral, we're going to have to wait, Baker, yes, PJ, maybe, Back to Sam, bearded Darnold versus the world. And we haven't even really gotten to the fact that Matt Rule on October 10th was fired after going 11-27. and 27. Ed Foley and Phil Snow were also booted out the door. They were basically Matt Rule's henchmen. And Phil Snow being the defensive coordinator, uh, interim head coach now, Steve Wilkes, didn't really need him around. Go away. I have my own philosophy. That makes sense. Then a week later, Robbie Anderson, after getting kicked out of the game by Steve Wilkes in the loss of the Rams, gets traded to Arizona. Since then, he's done nothing. Terrace Marshall has emerged. Then late on a Thursday night, Christian McCaffrey gets traded to the San Francisco 49ers. I see it late night. I decide I'm not going to see this. I'm going to sleep. I'll do the podcast in the morning. Christian McCaffrey has now gone to San Francisco. I believe the Niners have won eight games in a row. He's having a ball. The Panthers are also in position to be a playoff team. November 7th, Evan Cooper, the uh, secondary coach, and Pascaloni, the defensive line coach, were both fired following the embarrassing loss at Cincinnati. A week later, on November 14th, Dante Jackson goes on season-ending IR with an Achilles issue. It was Achilles, right? Um, and in November 27th, assistant defensive line coach Terrence Knight and defensive and assistant strength coach Roger, oh, excuse me, assistant strength coach Corey Campbell. Both leave the follow Matt Rule at Nebraska. Oh, yeah, and by the way, on Monday, J.C. Horn was announced to potentially be out for the season, and to replace him, the Carolina Panthers are kicking the tires on Josh Norman. Absolutely insane. And we talk about the parallels of this season, 2022 and 2024, or 2014, rather, where the Carolina Panthers were 3-8-1, went a month without winning, and in one four straight to go to the playoffs. The Panthers now have a chance to go and win three straight. And there was a point in time before losing to Pittsburgh, had they won four straight, they'd be right there in the playoffs. Now if they go win three straight, get to eight and nine, they will be division champs for the first time since 2015. I saw Bill Voth, who back in 2014 had his own website, blog, however you want to call it, where he's covering the Carolina Panthers, called Black and Blue Review. He did a lot of work on WFNZ. He now works for the Carolina Panthers working with their media and digital department. He went out there, he put out this tweet um, a couple days ago saying that in 2014, you know, Cam Newton had his rib issues. Uh, Greg Hardy was going through his domestic violence issues, was out the entire season, and would never play for the Panthers again. They went winless for two months. Then Cam, remember y'all, got in that car accident. Man could have lost his life. Derek Anderson comes in to start a couple games. People are out of their freaking minds saying, yeah, Derek Anderson, he's better than Cam as the Panthers are going on to win their final four games and win the division. Ron Rivera, his house burned down. And they won a playoff game against Arizona on their third-string quarterback, that being Ryan Lindley for the Cardinals. And then they gave Seattle all they could handle. 
Now, I talk about this on F and Z being like, 14 was crazy. 2022 is also crazy. Now, 14, when you add the cam stuff off the field with the accident, Ron Rivera's house, of course, Greg Hardy, the sickening things that he was accused of, that off the field was way crazier than what's gone on off the field this year. Like, things have been pretty tame. All the on-field stuff here in 2022 have made this one of the wildest seasons in Carolina Panthers history. Like, 2014, 2022, I don't think you can find any of the other 26 seasons. There's been 28. I can't think you can find any of the other 26 seasons that have been quite like those years. And fingers crossed, like 2014, that this season also ends with the Carolina Panthers being division champions, going to the playoffs, and hey, winning a playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys, which would be oh so sweet. Now, before that, the Carolina Panthers have a massive game to play on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we have sat here the last couple seasons, and we have not had very much to get excited about and to root for. And I'm trying to remember, when did the Panthers have a game that was this big? Whether it be the playoffs or the regular season. The playoffs are very easy, but as far as regular season, when was the last game that was this big for the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Y'all, I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the Mobile Game Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every uh, strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coach and coordinators, uh, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic gaming world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go and as you want and when you want as well. Lockdown Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So this has been one of the weirdest seasons in Carolina Panthers history. This in 2014, I don't really know that there's any other seasons that have been quite like those two seasons. The fingers crossed the Panthers end up winning the division and can win a playoff game just like they did in 2014. And of course, Steve Wilkes was here. Now the players are different. Outside of J.J. Jansen, who is the longest tenured Carolina Panther and has played more games than anybody in Carolina Panthers history. Congrats to J.J., my favorite Carolina Panther, of course, and the entire team on what they've been able to do the last couple of weeks. So all that's great as far as how weird the season has been and the fact that they've been 5-5 five and five since they fired Matt Rule, they being David Tepper. But the Panthers got to focus on Sunday afternoon's game at Tampa Bay. And Steve Wilkes has talked about not wanting to talk about the playoffs and that he's focused – on the opportunity ahead of them this week, which is absolutely the right mentality. And the hope is, unlike after the win at Seattle, this team can handle prosperity and go on the road and win against Tampa Bay. 
And the Buccaneers, they've been banged up. They're a little bit more healthy than they've been all season long. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, those guys can hurt you. And throwing in Josh Norman into a secondary with Keith Taylor, TJ Carey, and um, CJ Henderson, at least in the cornerback room, it's good to get the veteran presence, but I don't know how much he's going to provide you. So it's a massive game against a team that's not very far removed from, of course, winning a division title, but then going and winning a Super Bowl at home during that pandemic season in 2020 with Tom Brady there. So Tom Brady hasn't been great this season. The Bucs haven't been great. They've really been bad in the first three quarters, and they turn it on in the fourth quarter, as you would have seen Sunday night if you watched that game against Arizona. At least that's what I was told. Wasn't going to waste my Christmas night watching that. Uh, also, with the Rams game, the Saints game, they have pulled a rabbit out of their hat three freaking times this year to stay one game ahead of both the Panthers and Saints heading into the final two weeks. And if they win on Sunday against Carolina, they will be division champions once again. Because of those stakes, the Bucks winning, ending it for Carolina, this to me feels like the biggest game the Panthers have played in a very long time. I said a couple weeks ago the Seattle game was a big game. We have not had very many meaningful December football games. But we're talking about a January game now. And I get the season's been extended. But the fact that you have a January game where effectively your season either continues or ends – this is as must-win as it gets for the Carolina Panthers. We love to throw out that word. I threw it out last week at Detroit. If you lost to Detroit, I didn't really see a road back. But now, this absolutely is a must-win because if you don't win it, it's over. You still play the Saints, but that game means absolutely nothing. And I certainly do not want to sit here after the Bucks game if the Panthers lose and preview a Saints game. That means nothing at all other than, hey, Panther fans will be like, lose, 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 so they can be in position for a quarterback in the top 10. To me, as far as Panther games go, like the biggest last game that was this big obviously was the road game in the playoffs against the Saints on Wild Card Weekend where Cam Newton dragged Devin Funches, Kalen Clay, Brenton Burson almost to the freaking finish line at the Superdome that day. Quite possibly his greatest Panthers performance at the quarterback position. And we saw what he did in 2015 to drag those dudes to a 15-1 record and the best offense in the NFL, which I sat there during that season wondering, how is this even possible? Especially after they lost Kelvin Benjamin, who we thought was going to be the top playmaker in that offense as a receiver. So, to me, this is the biggest home game. or not even home. It's not a home game, obviously, but it's the, it's the biggest regular season game to me since 2014. When the Panthers went on the road against Atlanta, at the former Georgia Dome with the chance to win and go to the playoffs as division champs. And I believe that day Atlanta also had the same opportunity and they got the doors blown off of them that afternoon. Carolina won't win a division if they win on Sunday against Tampa Bay. I do understand that. They still have to beat New Orleans or Tampa loses. But what they can do, though, is get the biggest win that they've had probably since 2015, if you want to call it that. Maybe in 2017 when they beat the Buccaneers. It was an awful game by the Panthers, but they beat the Buccaneers and Cam fumbled the snapper at the goal line but picked it up and got his way in there to put them up, give them the, what, get them 11-4 and and to have the team into the playoffs. Maybe that's the last big win the Panthers have had. But really it could be the 2015, well, I guess really 2016, but 2015 season where the Panthers – ran roughshod over the Arizona Cardinals at Bank of America Stadium and all the way to the Super Bowl. 
So maybe maybe that might be too big. But as far as regular season win, it'd probably be the biggest one since that Tampa Bay game in 2017. Which coincidentally put them in the playoffs. This game won't put them in the playoffs. But next week, I guess, if they beat the Buccaneers against the Saints, that then would be even bigger. Like This is a huge game. And I wonder where Panther fans are right now to at least have a week where it's 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 weird because it's the holiday season. I don't know how locked in people are into the game right now. And, you know, especially in the city, people are not all from here. They're all going, traveling wherever they are, whether it's with people that they're with now that are from other places. I don't know if I really feel that buzz in the city. I also haven't really spent that much time outside of my house the last couple of days, whether it's been going to my parents' house, go uh, see them for the holiday, or it's been in my apartment. I, I haven't really been around in the city and really feeling the buzz. I don't know. Maybe I need to walk down the street, go talk to my neighbor, Darren Gant, and see what, what's going on, what he thinks. But this is a huge game, man. And I'm excited about it. It's way more fun to be able to play games of consequence, like playoff consequence, not draft consequence, but playoff consequence at this point in the season. And it's been a long time. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago about the Seattle game, it's been a long time since the Panthers have been in this position. And I'm so damn glad about it. I'm glad about it. I'd rather talk about a winning football team. Hey, I want to be entertaining more than anything. And they certainly have not lacked for storylines this season. But I want this team to be a playoff team. I want Steve Wilkes to be in position to get the head coaching job. And it starts on Sunday in Tampa Bay, and then they got to finish the job after that in New Orleans. Now, speaking of Steve Wilkes, I want him to get the job. There's some thoughts that Tepper wants an offensive guy. If that does happen, say Steve Wilkes does not become the head coach, then what for Steve Wilkes? Should he stay in Carolina or should he be on someone else's radar? I think he should probably look at elsewhere. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on Locked on NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks, the league is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. Their bonus episode is called The Way of the Cowboy and is an incredible story of the 1977 Dallas Cowboys who, when they brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defense martial arts, ushering in a new approach to the way the league is trained. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. We'll head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcast. Available now. Audible get in the game. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so again, big game coming up here on Sunday. It's massive just from the perspective of the Panthers Having five straight losing seasons, that is once again guaranteed no matter what happens the rest of the way here for Carolina. I guess you could count the wins in the playoffs, but as far as 
what NFL wins are counted. It's the regular season. So five straight losing regular seasons, all since David Tepper got here. David Tepper has yet to see winning football, but yet he talks down to us like we've never seen winning football before. But we have. Back when Steve Wilkes is here as a secondary coach and in for a season as a defensive coordinator before going off to Arizona when Ron was here, when Cam was here, when Luke was here, when Greg, Ryan Khalil, Thomas Davis, every single one of these players that we loved, and including Josh Norman, who's back here with an opportunity to go to the dance. That's why he's here. And that says so much, too. Because last year when Cam came, it was like, save the season, Cam. Save us. Fill the seats. Now for Josh, it's like, hey, man, I just want to be a part of the ride. And that says so much about what Steve Wilkes has been able to do to turn this team around and the foundation that's been set by general general manager Scott Fitter. And you can also you know, maybe credit or even rule a little bit for the guys that have been drafted, like the Jeremy Chits. Brian Burns would be for them, but Brian Burns. And then what Shaq Thompson would be able to do, be able to find a guy like Frankie Luva who's been really good this year. Uh, what Jeremy – I already brought up Jeremy Chin, but like what you've gotten out of J.C. Horn, hopefully, fingers crossed, he's healthy. But some of these other young players that are now – really coming into their own. They're trying to learn, trying to figure out their way because we see how they played against Denver and then off to the bye against Seattle, but then how they come back against Pittsburgh. And Steve Wilkes reminded us, this is a young team trying to find their way, trying to build that culture. And he has done a great job of doing that. And because he's done that, I feel like he absolutely deserves a shot at this job. Now, in my opinion, get to 7-5. and five, And if you win a playoff game, I don't even know how – at the end of this process, you cannot be the head coach, Steve Wilkes. I just don't see how David Tepper, after all of that, could not give this man the job. He said that Steve Wilkes had to do an incredible job to even be considered. He let it be known at the very beginning when he made Steve Wilkes interim that this was not the guy he wanted to hire. And Steve Wilkes said, you know what? I'm not worried about whether I get this job or not. And he said that repeatedly. He said, it's about 13 weeks. I got 13 weeks to put my stamp on this team and to do it my way. And he has done it his way, damn it. And his team is 5-5 five and five over the last 11 weeks and the last 10 games. And they have two more chances to submit that Steve Wilkes is a leader of men and is the right guy for the job here in Carolina. And I absolutely hope that happens for him. It's not just that he's a native son. It's the fact that he's a coach who's been here and who has found a way to establish an identity just not on offense but also on defense, special teams, and culture-wise. The culture here, the brand here is keep pounding. And Steve Wilkes understand that, not just because he's from Charlotte, because he's been here. He is of this city. There's so many different things about there's You can be from Charlotte, but are you of Charlotte? And he absolutely is of this city. Now, here's the thing, though. If Steve Wilkes goes 7-5 and five and does not get this job, I don't necessarily want to see Steve Wilkes still here in Carolina. I want Steve Wilkes to go elsewhere because there's got to be plenty of owners out there who are about to make decisions on coaches, who are looking at the situation here in Carolina. And this has been reported out in the media as well, that other owners are taking notice. Jim Irsay needs a new coach. He also needs a quarterback. And Steve Wilkes, whether he stays here or not, he's going to need a quarterback. Wherever he goes, actually have an opportunity, unlike when he was out in Arizona in that bleep show with Josh Rosen. He's going to want a quarterback. But you can't tell me that Steve Wilkes wouldn't do a great job in Indy if given the right resources. Look at Denver. There's a quarterback there. And I and I know the talks can be like, oh, you got to bring in, you know, another offensive guy who can work with Russ and save Russ. No, the culture is broken there in Denver. The fighting there, like Randy Gregory threw a punch after the game. He's been suspended for a game. You saw Dalton Risner, the offensive lineman, trying to fight the backup quarterback, Brett Rippon. The culture is fractured in Denver. 
You're telling me that Steve Wilkes can't go to Denver and be able to rebuild that culture and then with that get Russ, Russell Wilson on board and get that offense rolling? Because he's got the offense rolling at least last week, franchise highs, with Ben McAdoo as a coordinator and then Sam Darnold as a quarterback, bearded Darnold, which is different than regular Sam Darnold, but still. You tell me he can't do that? Other owners are looking around and seeing what Steve Wilkes is doing. And if I'm them, if Carolina and David Tepper don't want him, I'll take him absolutely. So I would love a scenario where Steve Wilkes is here in Carolina as the head coach and Frank Reich's the OC. But I don't want it the other way around. Frank Reich, OC, Steve Wilkes, DC. Because Steve Wilkes has earned an opportunity elsewhere. He's had the opportunity this season. He's done an amazing job. And he has shown that he should be a head coach somewhere in the National Football League. I want it to be here. Another thing to consider is those guys, man, they are laying it all out on the line for Steve Wilkes. And is it a possibility that if Wilkes stays on as a DC, that those guys are going to gravitate way more to him than the new head coach? Now, if that's the case, that the new head coach is in a way is kind of undermined just by the players because they love Steve Wilkes so much, that then would say you chose the wrong coach. Because whoever comes in here, first and foremost, needs to be a leader of men. We get so caught up in the X's and O's. People are going to look at Shane Steichen up there in Philadelphia and see what that offense has done this year and be like, oh, my God, that's the guy. That's what they've done when you look at Mike McDaniel in Miami, who's done a good job. They've struggled the last couple weeks. They've gone from 8-3 and three and 8-7. and seven. And I don't really know how great of a leader he is, but that's what they were looking at. Kevin O'Connell up in Minnesota. They find a way each week. I don't know how good of a leader he is, but that's why they brought him because of the X and O's. I mean, Robert Sala did a great job defensively, and it feels like to me a lot of times the defensive guys are always seen as the culture guys. Because I remember when I played football at like a JV level in high school, the defense always worked harder. I don't know. Whatever level you play to football, I'm sure. Every time you look over the cross practice field, if you're an offensive player, the defense always worked harder. I remember when I played lacrosse back in high school. I was more of a defensive player, defensive midfielder. We worked way harder than the offense. It does not matter what sport it is. The defense always has to put in that work. It's all about culture. And Steve Wilkes has built that. So to me, it looks like a lot of these defensive guys are always seen as culture guys, while the offensive guys have really been seen as like these wonderkins, these geniuses, and oftentimes that have not worked out. Like, Steve Wilkes, you wonder, oh, what's his offense going to look like? Well, you've seen how he battered the Lions, battered the Seahawks, battered the Falcons second time around, battered the Buccaneers. It starts up front. So I want Wilkes to be here. But for me, if he's not going to get an opportunity here in Charlotte with the Panthers as a head coach, then I think he should look elsewhere. And it also might be the best thing for the organization as well because I do really wonder if these guys are going to want to follow the new head coach if Steve Wilkes is still in the building. I'm sure Wilkes would be like, hey, guys, I appreciate your support, but you need to focus on the team and our goal, what's best for this organization, and listen to that man. But again, if that's the conversation Steve Wilkes has to have, you probably didn't got the right guy at all. But we'll see how it plays out. If Wilkes wins out, God, it's really hard for me to see how David Tepper could sit here and not choose him. And when I was on the radio on Tuesday, someone brought up a really good point. You look at Charlotte FC, because this is another example after 14 matches, David Tepper said, Miguel Angel Ramirez, I messed up. You're not my guy. How he had all that time to find a new head coach and bungled it, Lord only knows. But then he brought in Christian Latanzio, who had MLS experience, and he would become the interim head coach. He helped bring the team alive, get him right back in the playoff race. Now they did fall short. But what happened after the season? They decided that Latanzio was the guy for them because of the culture they were trying to build, because it's still a new franchise, an organization, club, that are trying to find their way, let's get that guy who helped galvanize the team, who helped 
get these players back on board. So David Tepper already did that with the soccer team. Now the NFL team, the Panthers, that's always going to be way more important than the soccer team here in town. Can he do the same thing again and recognize that Steve Wilkes, the culture that he's built, that this is the right guy for now? Is he the best option available? Maybe not. But is he the right guy? Right now it feels that way. Latanzio, so many guys out there in the world that probably are better managers than him. But for Charlotte FC, he's the right guy right now. And that might be the case for Steve Wilkes. I'm not going to say Steve Wilkes can be here for eight, nine years like John Fox and Ron Rivera. But for right now, he feels like the right guy. And if you build around him, let's see what he can do. Because certainly he's done a lot with a little this year in 2022. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Gallant. Again, y'all, be sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers podcast over on YouTube, and be sure to check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just rate, review, and subscribe, and follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. Haven't gotten a lot yet, guys, so go ahead and gals, get those questions in, at Julian Council, DM me right now. Okay. In the meantime, though, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Thursday as will be yet another Locked On NFL crossover Thursday brought to you by Prize Picks. And not sure whether it's going to be David Harrison or James Yarko, but it's going to be one of those guys from Locked On Bucks as we break down the battle for the NFC South Division title on Sunday here on Locked On Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.